And welcome back to another episode of the Blockbuster Hall of Fame. Oh boy, talking to you guys before we recorded, I, I uh, I'm scared. I'm really scared about what's going to happen this episode. Um, to do a little house cleaning. Uh, we just so you guys know, we're going to be recording a few fun bonus episodes. I think we're going to try to take a little break after Christmas and release those. That way, we can get like a month off. But uh. Me and Seth just released the X-Men episode. That was awesome. We recorded a Star Trek episode. All of us are going to do a Marvel draft of some sort. It's going to be fun. We're going to have fun. Um, so y'all get your Marvel movie tiers ready. But uh, let's talk about this movie, The Martian. Quick, quick thoughts real quick. And I am, I'm very scared to move on past quick thoughts because we're going to hit the Matt Damon, Mount Rushmore, and I'm already <laughs> hearing some stuff. That's going to piss me the hell off. All right, so, Seth, real quick, you're the one who hates good-looking white men, apparently, <laughs> with Chris Evans and no, Matt he, Davis. He's in he's, but he's in love with Michael Fassbender, so you can't make That's that true. judgment. I mean, okay, and man. I like Chris Evans in the MCU. I just don't like Chris Evans outside of the MCU. What is what's your thoughts on this movie? What are your thoughts? Uh, no, I, uh, I was... I both love and hate it. I, I think as a soul, standalone movie, I liked it a lot. As a big fan of the book, I can appreciate what they did and how they changed it, but I was still a little disappointed that Matt Damon is in it. Oh, my God. Okay. You've got to be the only one who thinks that. Okay. Moving on. Jared, quick thoughts. That quick is a thought. hot take. Um, I like the essential acceleration of the plot of this movie. This movie jumps right in to the plot. I think the pacing is done really well. Um, some of the things that did bother me were like the breakneck speed um, at times, like in the middle of the... I'm sorry, I'm getting too in deep. But pacing, sorry. Pacing, I really like the pacing. It was good. Yeah, yeah. The visuals were great. Great cinematography, great acting, Jessica Chastain, respectfully. Yeah, enjoy the movie. All right, so for me, oh man, I love a good hard sci-fi movie, just realistic. And this, this, this is, I love this man. The other thing, I love movies that can have a movie without a true villain, and this is one of those movies. This and like, let's uh, example, Top Gun Maverick, where it's just more about the interrelationship, the drama. And hey, we've got this situation we need to knock out. And so that's the other thing I like about this movie. That's a good point. There is no, like, Mars is the villain. That's about it, you know? There's not, like, a real villain. Just surviving, um, man. Yeah, Just Jeff, surviving. Jeff Bridges is the villain. What? Daniel, sorry, not Jeff Bridges. Oh. I feel like it's impossible to not like this movie. It's such, a, it's such an enjoyable movie. How could you, anyone not like this movie? And... I'm going to get Seth going here. I feel like this movie could work with someone else, but I don't think the movie is as huge of a success as it is without Matt Damon. Oh, come on. Okay. Okay. Oh, Wait a minute. Hold on. Oh, hold on. Hold on. Oh. Oh. I, I can, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to blow your mind with this one. You know who this movie could work better with? Nope. Chris Evans. Chris Evans could have done better in this movie. I don't think so. I think America Matt rallies around, around, uh, Matt Damon way more, and I love Chris Evans, but they don't—they're two different type of actors. I think Matt Damon is so likable by everybody except for you that 
I, I, I mean, I'm just, you disagree, but I think America loves Matt Damon. Matt Damon um, was I, a yeah, wee, terrible I, he, He's Tom Hanks. He's the new Tom Hanks. No. Oh. Okay, hold up. Time oh. out. We just literally, have you not seen Ad Astra? The best part about that movie was Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt in this role would have been fantastic. Because yes. Ad Astra wasn't the best movie, respectfully, but what made it good was Brad Pitt. And then when Jared brought up a part, the part about Chris, uh, Chris Evans, I'm thinking Chris Evans from Sunshine, which was another sci-fi movie that I really enjoyed. I was like, yeah, that good pickup on that one there. Hey, Jared, can I blow your mind? Yeah. I love Brad Pitt. It. I think that movie's better with Matt Damon. Oh, no. That movie would be Every that movie movie better not good. Pitt. And that oh. movie would be unbearable without Brad Pitt. Oh, my goodness. Idris Elba. Timeout. Put Idris Elba in this role. I would I would love this movie. Like Idris Elba. I just don't know if I've seen him in that type of dramatic role. So that would be interesting to see for me, I think, more than anything. I don't feel like we're gonna have an answer that satisfies everyone here. Um I would say Malcolm X style of Denzel Washington as well, because now he just plays Denzel Washington. <laughs> well, my I just see in, in this movie though the character is completely different than with the Denzel because then he's just pissed off at Mars the whole time, <laughs> and so you don't get sort of the more comic like uh, <laughs> levity that Matt Damon brings. You're this is a completely different movie, but it's still interesting. I will say we didn't Denzel land Washington. on Mars. <laughs> Mars landed. No, 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 no. We did land on Mars. Sorry, that doesn't work. <laughs> All right, so. Oh, no. My pick would have been Edward Norton for the record. I just wanted to say oh, Chris Evans would have no. done better. But I know Jared hates it. But I would I would prefer Ed Norton in this role than Sorry, anyone. All right, so let's let's go to let's just do it. Let's let's do our, our Matt Damon Mount Rushmore <laughs> here. And I'm already, I'm already, I took a pre-workout to get ready for Seth. All right. So um, he, he said something earlier. He said, this was hard finding four movies for Matt Damon's Mount Rushmore. I was like, it was hard for me to narrow it down. I had to make certain rules. Um, all right. So I'm curious. Let's start with Jared first. Jared, what's your Mount Rushmore here? Okay. So I got to do the honorable mention just to start. Even though he was just a cameo, he wasn't the main character anyways. He was in a specific scene, but did he not steal the show? So we talked about Tom Cruise stealing the show for Tropic Thunder last week. I think you're going to have what's on my list. Stole the show in Eurotrip. Yep, I I have that on my list! You did not put that on your list. (laughs) Yes, that was the one that I was... He didn't have barely in that movie. I know. I, care. I love that scene so Damon much. Movie. I love that so much that I had to put him in on the list. Right. How many times I sung that song, especially since I had a dog named Scotty? God. Yeah, unbelievable. Your it's list is honorable mention. Good. It's just an honorable mention. That's fine, Not Jared. Even on my yeah, Rushmore. Yeah, it's all right. Um, but yeah, I gotta go. Uh, Ocean's Eleven. Oh, no okay. 
Well, I we're, do have comments. So... I'm right here with you, man. Hold on, hold on. I was expecting comments. No, no, no. no so... but I, I'm loving this now. I am loving this. Okay. It's the only I, I way he's good enough movies there. with a bunch of other better likable actors around him. And then, of course, I got to oh, go with up. one of my favorites, um, True Grit. Hold on, hold on. Can I say Ocean oh. Eleven? I just want to say I that was definitely going to be on my list. I just I felt like it's a Brad Pitt, George Clooney movie, and I didn't want to put Matt Damon in third fiddle as on his Mount Rushmore. My cat is going wild. Uh, so then I have to go with the real True Grit, the 2010 True Grit. The real True Grit. He's trying to bait me right now, but I'm not taking it because I actually like that movie. And it's actually a better adaptation of the book, so I'm actually okay with it. Um, I didn't like the movie Aecilium, uh, Elysium that much, but I did actually like Matt Damon in that role. Um, as we were talking about, like, Brad Pitt and Ad Astra, uh, Brad Pitt made that movie better than what it really was. And that's how I kind of feel about Matt Damon and Elysium. I think it was one of his stronger roles in terms of, like, acting. So that's the only reason why I put it in there, because he he carried a shitty movie, um, pretty much. So, and then the last one was kind of tough, so I agree with you, Ray, but how could we forget The Departed? It. Yeah, Departed's really good. Movie. Yeah. Oh, we're going Departed. We're going Elysium. We're going. Um, shoot, I even forgot it. Uh, True Grit. True Grit. Yep. And what was the last one? Sorry, Jordan. Ocean's Can... Eleven. Ocean's, Ocean's Eleven. 11. There we yeah. go. I, I've got no issues with that, man. Th- that's a good list, I will say. <laughs> you left one out, but it's all right. I swear, if you pick that one, I'm exiting the podcast. Jordan, uh, Jared started off with the. Okay, are you really going to put Euro Trip on? Yes, on I am really going to put Euro Trip on it just because I love that scene so much, and for me, that just made me like Matt Damon so much That's that he like just played. Saying Thor Ragnarok is in your mount rushmore of matt damon movies because he plays thor for like or loki for two seconds no because he doesn't sell it as much with that one like the the euro trip one like he, he's there he's a completely different character than he normally plays over the top just like tatted up and just eats the scene alive and just makes the movie so much better for me and okay, so yes, so euro trip is on your list yes euro trip is on my list i also have <laughs> The Born Identity, because I love the first one. Yes. It's like I said, mm. I I am. Oh, the other ones make me so mad because I enjoy the first one so much. Uh, then I have, of course, Saving Private Ryan, and I know he plays in the back half, but I do feel like he is he is the heart of the the movie. So I am going to have him on that list, and it's such a good movie. And then Ocean's Eleven, and it it's yep. just. That's just a fun adventure, uh, like uh, heist movie, and I love fun heist movies. Yeah, it's a great, it's, it's great. I feel like I took the assignment differently. I guess we'll get to it when I get to my list. But Seth, why don't you go no, first? No, no, no. Seth got to go last. We got to let him go last. Oh, that's true. Okay, so <laughs> I think Goodwill Hunting is on that list. It's a fantastic movie. He's awesome in it. Um, that's going to be in the Hall of Fame whenever whenever we get to it. Um, I think Jason Bourne is next. I think that first Bourne movie is flawless. 
I actually think the next two movies are the only flaw is the shaky cam, but I think it's a near perfect trilogy of movies. And I like pretend everything else after that is just spin off or fan. <laughs> um, rounders, baby. <laughs> I love rounders so much. <laughs> Jared, are you going to log off right now? Are you going to log off? Dude, later? Are you serious? I knew you were 100%. How do you it might be my favorite Matt what Damon. What about that movie? What about that movie? I I think the problem I have with that movie because for me, for the Hall or not for the Mount Rushmore, to me the Mount Rushmore represents a like. Okay, this is the actor where can I put anyone else in, and would it be as good? Oh. You and so pick I, Euro Trip. Sure, I know, oh, you know, you but did, think so, about oh, it you though. Ray's right. You did pick Eurotrip. I picked Eurotrip, but at the same time, who else are you going to put in? And it's going to be as fun as he made that whole scene there. Tom Cruise. That's sort you of can't delete the scene, and that movie's just as fun. <laughs> no, I. I no, because no, like no, that's a running gag. Scene, the best running gag in the whole show is them keep on having that song. In fact, any Matt Damon role could be better improved upon by Tom Cruise. Yes, so up. That um, okay. <laughs> you set him up for that one, Ray. You set him up for that. Rounders is my third pick. And honestly, I, uh, before it's the fourth one's going to be The Departed, but I was torn on it because it's he's sharing it with Leo. Mm-hmm. You know, I wanted to pick Ocean's Eleven, but I was like, I didn't want to pick movies that Matt Damon was in. I wanted to pick Matt Damon movies where he, he's like the lead. Because he's in a lot of really good movies. And I was like, man, I got to narrow down my, my scope here. And so The Depart is my fourth one. Honestly, if I didn't keep it to one to a franchise, it'd be Born 1, Born 2, Born 3, and Goodwill Hunting or something. You know, like it's just, that's what I feel. But Titan AE is my honorable mention. <laughs> and I love The Adjustment Bureau. I think that's an underrated movie. It's really fun to catch on cable. Um, but that's just an honorable mention. All right, Seth, um, spit your ignorance. Hey, so I just want to go ahead and start by saying that if we did this by Jordan's definition of irreplaceable roles in movies, I would not have a list because I'm convinced that he could be replaced in every single movie with a better actor. And I am still convinced of this fact. But I will say my four movies, by the way, there's actually only one person. They're all different than everyone else's. I'm sure this is shocking to y'all. But we have one commonality, and it's actually me and Ray have the only one in common. Uh, but I will say with honorable mentions, Interstellar and True Grit would have been on there, except yeah. that like most Matt Damon movies, he's not the lead and he can't carry the movie by himself. So just kidding. That was just a joke. He's actually but, a perfectly fine actor. I just don't like him in movies. Uh, those are my, you don't like, I need answers. Okay. So like with Matt Damon, it's not so much that I like, like as a person, he's fine, right? This is, this is just on screen. For the record, uh, it's just when he's on the screen, I'm like, I don't know. This could be better. Like if we did a Russell Westbrook of all time award, he would win it. Uh, like this movie could be better with someone else in the role. Like it's like this is the guy you get when Tom Cruise turns you down or like when you need like a big list star, Same but everyone movies. turns you down. You know, I mean, I feel like you- his, no, I feel like his his counterbalance is Leo. I feel like. Him and Leo share the same space, oh, yeah. and they take each other's movies. Yeah, but well, I, I, mm. I feel like if, mm. if you're going to talk about a star-star mm. part, 
the movie star. I feel like Leo does outshine Matt Damon on that. I can see actually, Leo doing Born. Leo takes every single movie that Matt Damon wants, and then Matt Damon takes the movies that oh Leo God, turns okay. down. Like that's my true thoughts right there. Like I'm just saying, I, he just seems like the guy that people get when everyone else turns them down. So I, I never, I just always think he can be approved upon. Like but I think in every movie. Here's the thing, though. What what Seth was saying, though, but I think this is actually a strong skill because he works so well in an ensemble, and that's sometimes that's sometimes hard to do with actors for them to work well in an ensemble. And yeah, hey. and I feel like to the counterpoint with the Leo thing, Leo doesn't do that very well. Yeah, that's a really good point. And like I'm not just oh, saying Leo. That- He's, you're slaying, you're not slandering Matt Damon. I think that's actually a really good observation. Oh no, Leo does pretty well. I mean, he did well in The Departed, and he did well in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So I think Leo can do well in an ensemble kind of deal. I don't think he would have done well though as third fiddle in like Ocean's Eleven. Yeah, yeah, but I feel like movie. The Departed. That's much more him as a star in this movie because I feel like it's mostly about him, and so I don't see him working off of other people as yeah. much. The thing, yeah, I was, I agree with you, Orton. I think the thing when it comes to Leo and ensemble movies, it only works if he's the lead. Because yeah, that's fair. If you swap, um, well, even though like we agree, Brad Pitt acted circles around Leo in Once Upon a Time, but if you swap the perspective and have Brad Pitt the main character, then Leo would look even weaker than he already comes off as in that movie. That's fair. That's fair. That's Let's fair. not get too off topic here. Have you gone through your four right. yet? I'm sorry. No, I haven't, I haven't started, to be honest. I just wanted to give oh, my two God. honorable mentions there to Interstellar and True Grit because uh, I, I did enjoy both of those movies a lot, despite him. And I'm so sorry, the four. Mo- I'm sorry. My daughter just spilled milk everywhere. I'm going to go help clean it up. So, Jared, when he finishes, move on to Oscars if I'm not back. I'll be right back. Y'all go ahead. Go ahead, sir. Okay. So, the first one I will say that is the same. That's the only one that was to the same to everyone is Ford versus, uh, not Ford versus, uh, Good Will Hunting. I actually did like that movie. That was the only movie up until 2010 that Matt Damon was in that I liked. And uh, the next one is Ford versus Ferrari. I actually really liked that movie. Oh, I forgot about that one. Yes, I did love that movie. Yes. I haven't then, seen that one, and that's a movie I do need to see. Yeah, no, it's good. It's it's actually really good. Uh, and Person the other one. So good in that movie. Yeah. Uh, and then the other one is The Last Duel, which I absolutely love. Uh, and um, I thought it was great. Ridley Scott's latest film that not a lot of people saw, but it was fantastic. And then the fourth one, because I tried to keep it also to movies where he was the main lead, which I found to be the hard part of this, because when he's the main lead, well, because I just feel like. They could have done better. I end up not liking the movies for the most part, but it's going to be The Martian, this one. All right. All right. Well, great. So we're going to get into Oscar talk after we all went through that. So with films that received nominations for the 88th Oscars, we have The Martian coming in at seven. So obviously it was nominated for, you know, Best Picture. Um, It was nominated or... Matt Damon was nominated for Best Actor. Um, as we go down, it was nominated for Best Adapted Screenplay. Um, so, but it didn't really win those big three. Um, so when it came to Best Picture, Spotlight won that year. So I'm going to go through the nominations. And I want y'all to tell me what movie do you think should have won that year for Best Picture. So we have Spotlight, 
The Big Short, Bridge of Spies, Brooklyn, Mad Max Fury Road, The Martian, our movie, uh, The Revenant, and Room. So, what are we thinking? Like, did they get it right with Spotlight winning that year? Personally, I don't think they did. Mad Max Fury Road should have won. It was the best movie that year, by far. Uh, by far the best movie that year. Um, Jordan, what do you think? Uh, f- for me, the tough part is I only saw two of these movies, which was uh, The Martian and uh, the Mad Max movie. Now, I like The Martian. As much as I like Mad Max Fury Road, I, I think that's a very fun movie. I-, I like this movie more, so I'd be happy if this one would win over it. Uh, I think the big issue that that we're going to be running into here in the Oscar, which is ironic because we were talking about Leo, is the fact it has to go against The Revenant, which is like pretty much Leo's best work. <laughs> oh, no, 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 not. Oh, no. Leo's I'm best work. I'm just saying he's the one. This is the one he got all his awards for and his recognition for. It was so because this was the, this was the uh, Return of the King of the fellowship series because we all know fellowship and two towers were the better movies, but they just gave it to return of the King because it was the end of the series. And so that's how I felt like Leo yeah. and the Revenant. So Seth, do you think they got it right with spotlight? Uh, so I'm actually with Jordan on this one. This is the year of movies that got nominated that I had zero interest in watching. And so pretty much I saw Fury road and I only saw the Revenant at the time because I refused to watch The Martian until last week um, <laughs> in protest of Matt Damon being cast as Mark Watney. And I wish I could say that was a joke. That is actually not a joke. That is the actual truth. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. Sure. I don't, I don't really have a strong opinion on this one because I feel unjustified in speaking. But I don't know. I know this one didn't deserve it. I wanted to get into this movie. I'm upset Mad Max didn't win it. It definitely should have won. It what a great, what a fantastic movie. So it was better best, than this one. So He was nominated for Best Actor. So uh, we had Leo DiCaprio, who won for The Revenant. Um, Brian Cranston in Trumbo. Michael Fassbender as uh, Steve Jobs and Edie Redmayne as the Danish girl. So um, do we think they got it right with Leo? No. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. No, they didn't. Who should have got it then, Seth? Y'all know what my answer is on this. I don't know. Michael Fassbender's Steve Jobs, of course. We know how much you love Michael Fassbender. Yes. Although Matt Damon deserved to come in last. I will say that. If they had rankings, he deserved to come in last. No, I just I just really hate the Leo one for the revenant. And it like oh he ate liver, he slept in a carcass, he lived uh, in Argentina for like weeks on end. Like, okay, cool, bro, but he didn't do anything in this movie. He didn't do much acting. It was yeah. you and Dome Hall Gleason like glaring at each other for an hour, for three hours. Was he in that movie? Yes. I thought Tom Hardy was in that. So was Tom Hardy. Yeah. So, yeah, no. Right. And then we'll go to best adapted screenplay. We'll talk about that one. So, the big short one for best adapted screenplay by one of Seth's favorite writers, Michael Lewis. Um, <laughs> uh, but also, Brooklyn was nominated, Carol was nominated, The Martian, and Room. Did they get it right with best adapted screenplay? Which I've only read one of those books. 
No, not true. Because I, the Martian actually deserved to win it for this one. Because as much as I said they changed some of the adaptions, the the things they changed on one end was really great. I loved the new ending they gave it. I loved that, and I thought it was much better for the story itself to end the way it did rather than the way the book did. And two. They lost, for me, they lost some of the humor, but that's because they changed the style of the story. So I understood why they lost it. So I feel like this one should have won because it actually was still able to retain some of the humor despite not doing the, uh, or sticking straight true to the epistolary style that the book was written in. So. I was curious because you brought up about the the ending. Uh, How does it end differently? Okay, so the one thing about the book, it was the one moment about the book I didn't like actually. So as I'm reading it, I'm loving the book. If y'all have not read the book, I highly recommend anyone listening who hasn't read the book, I highly recommend it. Uh, it's different enough from the movie if you've seen the movie to where like it's not going to be like a carbon copy. But the very end of the book, just fast forward like a minute right now, uh, ends on a very explicit theme where he comes in and he does one more video and he just tells you the whole theme of the book, literally just speaks it out loud. And I hate it when a book does that because it treats me like I'm an idiot. And that was the one thing the book hadn't done for the whole whole time until it got to the very, very end. And to be fair to Andy Weir, it was like his first you know, big novel, and I get it. Uh, it was just one of those things where I didn't need it stated. And so I, I appreciated seeing Mark Watney ending with the you know whole teaching the class and everything. I thought that was yeah, a stronger he- ending. The new Ascans, the new an- astronaut uh, candidates. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I thought that was a much better ending. Okay, yeah. So <clears throat> I've only read, um, excuse me, The Big Short um, by Michael Lewis, so I have no dog in the fight. I've <laughs> um, seen the movie. Pretty good movie, pretty good book. So I'm just not thrown any either way from it. So when it wasn't nominated for best supporting in any category, but is there any actor or actress in this movie you thought that could have been nominated or stood out to you guys for supporting roles? Before we move on, just I don't think any of the roles were strong enough to have it as the best supporting. Well, I feel like everyone who was supporting did a great job. I don't think they did enough time at, at screenplay to get an Oscar nominated for best supporting. I think the only one that I would even consider would be Jeff Daniels. And I consider. I'm yeah, not saying I would do, but like consider. Yeah, because to me, none of the roles were large enough to really like. When you look at like who gets supporting actor nominations, right? Like sometimes you could literally could have argued that they could have been a best actor instead of just like you know, like Brad Pitt and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, right? Like. I don't think anyone had that secondary role yeah, because so, it was split I mean, among so many different people. Yeah, because, I mean, even when you look at Best Supporting this year, Mark Rylance won for Bridge of Spies, but you also had Christian Bell nominated for Big Short, Tom Hardy for The Revenant, Mark Ruffalo for Spotlight, and Sly Stallone for Creed. So they were all, like, big, much bigger roles than anyone in this movie played because I felt like even though, yeah, the main character of Mark Watney... I feel like the supporting cast was like an ensemble movie as we've been talking about. So that's what the, yeah, it got split up. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. 
Okay, so now we're going to dive into the movie. Um, we're going to talk about what we liked, what we didn't like about it. So, Jordan, this was your pick. This is your hard sci-fi movie you've talked about on the podcast before. Start us off on just what about this movie do you love so much? One thing I like about it is it represents like how an actual group of people work together to solve a problem. And you have so many people with so many different skill sets that come together to get this guy home. And that's like the overall theme that I love about this movie. And probably not I can't think of anything better represented of NASA and how it operates than this movie due to that. So that's probably the big thing I I really enjoyed about it. Uh, also, like I said before, I liked how there is like no villain. I I feel like everyone I understood why they were uh, had their views that they had, and they were acting accordingly how I feel like someone in that position would act. And so you had no like evil congressman or something like trying to like defund everything and try to. For voting uh, votes or something and or something no, stupid I, and everything. Yeah, even to go off of that, I think that as much as they tried to get you to not like Jeff Daniels, you could still understand why he was doing things. Like it made sense, and like they tried so hard for you to like, ah, you're not supposed to like this guy, but you're like, I don't, but I get why he's doing it. I understand, and so that's like. That's one of my favorite parts about the movie as well, like how they tried to make villains, but then at the same time, you're just like, not wrong, person. Yeah, because well, I'll give one example of Jeff Daniels, where it seems like, oh, that seemed mean or unnecessary or something. When they brought up about how they didn't want to tell the crew right away that Matt Damon's alive or anything. It's very, uh, when you're doing a long operation in space, uh, NASA's talked a lot about it, treating it a lot like how the Navy runs their subs. And news like that on the subs where they're out, like, with, out, they still have communications, but there's, they only tell them so much of what's going on at home so they don't get distracted on their work. Because the whole thing is like, hey, we don't want people to get distracted and work from home. And so, like, one of the things is if you have a death in the family or something, uh, they don't tell them until the end of the, the sale at a nuclear sub because there's nothing much we can do about it here. <laughs> so, Absolutely. Is, yeah, so I was bringing up an example where that was a very reasonable response that where some people might have thought, oh, that's just mean or something or wrong. But it's like, no, they, it shown to be a very responsible way to run yeah well to jump in on this too i'm just gonna say i think jeff daniels was actually the only character in probably the whole movie that was actually right about every decision he made if you think think of it objectively i know we're rooting for like matt damon and this is you know a matt damon joke we're rooting for mark watney right to live and everything and you know you want him to live but when he's like hey well this is iris five astronauts life on a very slim chance of you know and we saw how in the movie how like close it was to failing miserably, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, he made the right decisions. I mean, Jeff Daniels was put in the position to make those hard choices, and he made those choices. And I actually don't think he actually made a wrong choice in the movie, even if it was a choice that people are even not really like that because, hey, you want to see the happy, oh, yeah. good, feel-good ending. But if you really think of it objectively, I think the thing that keeps him from being the villain 
around. And the reason why he doesn't like fully hate him is because he's never going like, oh yeah, screw this guy. You know what I mean? It's look, I got five lives versus one right now. And I'm the one that has to make this decision. So I'm going to do the decision. The easy math here is saving five lives as opposed to losing all six or then, losing just I mean, the one. And then he did a good job of not even like bringing up, like at times he did, but the financial implications of things. Um, but just when you think about the sheer like funds that it's going to take to mm-hmm. extend that ship's life, to like send supplies up to it, whip it around Earth, throw it straight back. And you think about how much like government funding is going to go into that. So, I mean, hey, I'm going to, okay, I'm going to put on my hat. Hey, because guess what? Then you're siphoning away funds from, you know, the people of Earth just to go save this one astronaut. So you're literally putting the life of one man over your entire population of citizens because you're redirecting federal funds from, uh, you know, domestic welfare programs to saving one man on Mars. Sorry. Done. Done with my political hat. (laughs) But No, I mean, that's... So essentially, he didn't even go into it, but that's another big reason why he wasn't in support of saving Mark Watney, which is not wrong. And and he did, yeah, and he did try, like, he was never like, hey, if y'all got an idea, I'm going to shut this down, right? He was like, oh, hey, y'all, let's let's do this. Let's try to save him, you know? So I think that's what kept him from being the villain while still being the guy that you're kind of annoyed with in the movie because you're like, no, dude, I want to see him save the guy. And he's like, yeah, no. Yeah, so <laughs> this might be that. a good example of like someone might be a bit of an antagonist, but not a villain. I would say. Yeah. Right. Yeah, for sure. Seth, what did you like about the movie? So, I, this is going to be okay. I actually, oh, into, I actually, I no, I actually liked the movie. Uh, I refused to watch it. Let me tell you, I read the book, and right before they announced the movie, I finished it. Right before, but yeah, they're making a movie. This is gonna be great. And then they announced who was cast, and I was like, "Well, I'm out." Uh, and I refused to watch this movie until last week. Uh, and I, I'm like, I'm not even kidding. The reason I refused to watch it was because Mark Watney and Matt Damon did not mesh at all in my head when I read that book. Like, just not at all. And upon watching the movie, I can confidently say I was right. But they changed the storyline or the way that the story was told enough to where it worked for Matt Damon, which is why I said it should have won the best. Even though I didn't really like some of the changes they made, it did adapt to screenplay, I think, the best, because the changes they made worked to Matt Damon's strengths. And so even though it's not the Mark Watney, I still don't feel like it was really the true literary Mark Watney. It was still a very close like brother to Mark Watney, the book character. And there was enough of Mark Watney in there to make it to like, okay, yeah, this this can work. And so I was actually surprised that I liked the movie, even though I love the rest of the cast and I love Ridley Scott movies and I like the genre and I love the book. I was still very skeptical going into this movie if I was actually going to like it because I think honestly, Matt Damon makes or breaks the movie for someone. So for someone like me who doesn't like Matt Damon. I mean, it's not so much that I hate Matt Damon. I like making jokes. It's really just I just feel like any movie could be improved by casting someone else. And I will still stand by this. I think this movie could have been improved by casting someone else. But in fairness to Matt Damon, he did his job, and I think it actually worked really well. And it was one of those movies where you feel good at the end of it, and it doesn't feel like you're being silly by feeling good. So they were able to accomplish that 
yay, human and an age, especially right now, where there's a lot of cynicism in the news and in the world, yep. to watch a movie that had this good everybody comes together in which I'm like, oh, would China actually help us out like that? Would uh, this happen? But they did a good enough job of selling it to where I was like, I'd like to believe that they would, and I don't feel stupid for believing that. And I feel like that's an accomplishment in and of itself in 2022. Even though this movie was made years ago, I think it that's a testament to how well it It's made years ago, well. but what? It's supposed to take place in 2035 or 2040, somewhere around there? Yeah, so I, exactly. And so like, I, I think it holds up really well. And it's really I was trying to get at with that one, too. Like, It's a really good adaptation because – it shows it sticks to the source material while adapting it to the strengths of film and to the people they have in it. Uh, even if I feel like they lost some stuff that I really would have liked to have seen. Uh, I, I did think it was good. And by the way, for those, if I'm not clear on this, it was the humor and the epistolary style storytelling of the book. I was kind of hoping to see that in a movie, but you would have had a drastically different movie if you had done that. And it would not have been a Ridley Scott film. Uh, so ultimately, I was okay with losing it, even if I was kind of bummed about that fact. All right. Well, those are some good points of the movie. I think I talked about mine a little bit earlier. I enjoyed the pacing of the movie. I just wish they would have, um, like, in the middle of it, like, I, I know they put, like, souls when, like, what day it was or the soul, whatever, when they were on Mars. What about the scenes on Earth? I would have preferred them to do that because... Yeah, we're following the timeline on Mars, but then on Earth, it just feels like a giant jump in time. Um, well, but it's uh, yeah. like a movie issue, but the pacing overall, I think, is great. Sorry, go ahead, Jordan. I was going to say, a soul, if you're just curious, because they did bring that up, it is slightly longer than 24 hours. It is 24 hours and 39 minutes, because basically one soul is a full rotation of uh, the Earth around the sun, because it's basically having it so we you don't have the leap days. And that's yeah. how can they do it that route. So there's a separate calendar, which matches with what NASA does, because like the, uh, uh, the people that work at JPL for doing the uh, probes and everything, they work off of souls. And so whenever they reference to Martians, that's how they would have said it. So that, that's something I really like that they added. I just felt like to bring that up because it was like well, that was one of my I notes. Guess I just so. won <laughs> the race sweat award of not knowing something. Yeah. Because um, it's Ray every single podcast. <laughs> uh, love you, Ray. Uh, <laughs> well, I love it when he listens to that part. He's like, hey! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, love you, Ray. Uh, but okay. So um, then what are some things that you did not like? I know you went a little bit in depth in that, Seth, but uh, Jordan, what are some things that you did not like? There's nothing that I, I don't think there's really anything where I'm like, oh man, that it was bad. Like, I feel like I would have to get really nitpicky on something to say I I didn't like it, and I really can't think of much right now that I would nitpick on it. It was, I mean, yeah, that's it was this. Uh, it fit exactly what I was wanting for a movie for this style. Uh. And so, yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, that's about it for me. Yeah, I really don't have anything negative to point out. You okay. Yeah, that's the thing about this movie. While it may not be like in my, and this is weird because it's like I wouldn't say this is a ten out of ten movie, right? but 
even though my issues are more the adaptation and even my issues with the adaptation, I recognize that it's still a good adaptation because of my, even despite my issues. So it's really like this movie, I think knew what it wanted to do. It knew the story it wanted to tell, how it wanted to tell it and what ending it wanted and what emotions it wanted from the audience. And I think it accomplished that. Like the movie did everything it wanted to do. And I really don't think that there was anything for them to do differently and so without getting super nitpicky of like, oh, I wish they would have done this or they would have done that little small detail differently. I don't really think you have anything for this movie because, I mean, one, A. Ridley Scott is really good at what he does. Uh, and he has a great cast here with a good, solid budget. So there's nothing that just looks bad or feels weird. And like you have a little bit of everything in it. And so really, I don't think there is anything necessarily negative about the movie itself. Because they did what they wanted to do. They accomplished yeah. it. I mean, like I said, for me, this being like super picky and I'm thinking through the movie, the only thing I can think of is maybe the, the part where they actually rescue him that we get a little bit too far from like being such a hard sci-fi to more like an over-top action. But at the same time, I enjoyed it. And so like I'm not really dinging it for it. I mean, like I said, I would have to be really nitpicky on something for it. I mean, Vin Diesel would have just drove a Ford Mustang in a space and said, "Why you know, this situation?" Didn't they? Why, what they use? Why are you, why are you hating on family? I'm confused. All uh, right, I'm just, family I'm is saying, a superpower. I'm like, hey, the crew if, was family. If this, if Vin Diesel was in this universe, Mark Watney would have been back on Earth in like three souls. I do <laughs> want to say to answer the question no one asked. That yes, I think Vin Diesel would have done better in this movie than Matt Damon. Anyway, uh, Jesus Christ! All right, All yes, right. because we can li- believe we that Vin no- Diesel is a botanist. Yeah, that's a NASA botanist right there. I can't wait for Ray to get to this moment. I cannot wait for him <laughs> to come back and hear that statement. And I hope he he texts us his reaction to it because oh, yes. oh uh, you know what? I've heard some hot takes, but that's like volcano lava hot take, right? Okay, there. if it, if it makes y'all feel better, I only like sixty percent agree with what I just said. The fact <laughs> that it's even sixty—that it's mostly <laughs> like okay, maybe twenty percent, but sixty. Yeah. Oh, look, boy. look. Here's here's the thing. I I'm not sure. I'm really sell. I don't hate. Matt Damon okay. enough how much I feel like any movie with Matt Damon would be better with someone else. I don't think I can stress that enough. Alright, so does anybody have any random notes about the movie? Because I am gonna, this is my time to go in on um, Donald Glover, Childish Gambino. Love him, but why, like in this movie, like why was he playing the 2000 like tin version of himself like the i mean i don't love him in this film i love him hmm. yeah but like he was playing like he's dude, playing you're, like you're like you're you're a grown man now like you don't he, play he, he would have been even he would have been even odd on the big bang theory whether you'd be like yeah he that's an odd character where you'd see like he was just like and it's like who wrote Compared. that role for him why is he acting that way like why is he like doing that it's like, what is this? Like, it's an improv version of community? What's no, that, no. They got the wrong community person. 
That should have been Danny Pudi. That should have been Abed playing that role because yeah, he would have done great with it. it I mean, just, not not that Donald Glover did bad with it. It was just it just felt so much odd. different. It, was, yeah, it just felt odd. Yeah, Especially it was, it was a different tone than every like other character. I think that's the thing. It just felt very different from the rest of the how the tone of the movie was. Yeah. Wait. Okay. I have a question for y'all. Speaking of weird casting choices, in which, all right, Mackenzie Bell, that's her name, right? Yes. Okay. Here. Yeah. Here's the thing about her. I'm watching that movie, and I'm like, this movie is treating her like I should recognize her, and I honestly don't. And I looked it up, and I'm like. Am I missing something? Like, because even the end credit scene, like the the order in which she was put in it, I was, and then this is nothing against her. She did great in the movie. It wasn't like there's was anything wrong with her. But you know how a movie will sometimes treat like this person as if like, oh, hey, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, you know this person. Or this person is, you know, getting a lot more screen time than like Donald Glover. Uh, or other people who are like bigger names. And you're like, Why? It's, it's so I know her from um, Black Mirror in one of the actually probably the best episode of Black Mirror. Not my favorite, but the like unequivocally best episode. Uh, Sin Juniperno. She was the main character in that episode. Was that so the that's Star- I know. Is that the Star Trek episode? That's the only one I remember of Black Mirror. To be no, honest, no, that's with. probably the second best episode. That's uh, the one with the better version of Matt Damon. Yeah, uh, Jesse Clemens. Yep. Uh, Jesse Plemons, uh, uh, married to Kristen, uh, to Kirsten Dunst. Um, but no, she was in the episode. Uh, Wait, what? I'm sorry, you can't just say that and move on. You what? didn't know that Jesse Plemons was married to Kristen Dunst? No. Oh boy. Oh boy. Okay. Um, but yeah, so she was in that episode of Black Mirror which won uh, some Emmys, so it was a really great episode. So that's the only reason I knew her, but Seth, you were, I think you're right on that. that. They're like, hey, you know this lady, right? And it's just like, why is this lady getting serene time? I don't know this lady. Um, but yeah, so any other notes for you guys? Because like I said, mine was just the complete oddity of Donald Glover. In his character. I just wanted to make a random comment. It's like, how many uh, MCU characters were part of NASA on here? <laughs> it's just funny looking back after uh, a couple of years, you're like, wait a second. That's from... Because you, uh, you got the main villain from uh, uh, Doctor Strange. You... Mordo. Yeah. Mordo, you I mean, got... Uh... so broken, actually. You got Juan. So you've got like quite a... You also got, oh, you got uh, Sebastian uh... Stan. You got... Uh, Donald Glover. Donald Glover. He, he plays a villain, not really a hero, but yeah, yeah. Uh, and then you also have Jessica Chastain from that one X Men movie no one talks about because it's horrible. <laughs> Except when I made it. Well, I stayed at MCU, but yeah, so we'll 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 forget about that then. <laughs> Patrick Stewart was in the MCU. It is now canon. Okay. <laughs> All right. If you want to believe that, there, Seth, I'll give it to you then. All right. Now let's hop into categories, y'all. So, category for best scene. So, I'm going to nominate the um, when he is trying to create the plant the potatoes on Mars, and it's the whole I'm a botanist. And then he's planting the yeah, potatoes, yeah. and he's doing all that. So, I'm going to nominate that scene. 
And then there's a, the other scene I'm going to nominate is obviously um, when he's rescued in space. And um, yeah, so those are my two nominations that I'm putting up. What do y'all think? What do y'all got? I'm, I'm going to go near the beginning of the movie when he has to, he walks into the station all wounded and everything, has to give self surgery and it has to put the staples in him. Ooh, that always gets me. That <laughs> and it gets him so patched up and realize, oh wow, I'm rather screwed. But I like the fact. Here's what I really like the fact about it is he organizes his priorities of like, all right, what are the first things I need to do? And I just love that because that is actually like the mentality of an astronaut that they nailed. Where, all right, th- this is going to seem like extreme. So what do I have to do? I have to organize the priorities and knock out the most important ones first. So I, that's the scene I have. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say, by the way, you know how sometimes you're watching a movie and you just you're watching and you're like, oh, this is definitely a insert director's name here scene. Mm-hmm. That was a moment when I was watching the movie. I was like, and this is a, this is a Ridley Scott scene right here because it just made me think of like I don't know exactly why it just made me think of like his the aliens and alien uh, Prometheus right things like that yeah right where, where she goes in and gets the that machine to get the alien out yeah yeah it just it made me think like you know not even like particular exact scene it just made me think like oh this is a Ridley Scott scene and not in a bad way I mean it it was because it's a great scene uh, my favorite best scene. I admit I'm going to be a little biased because it's driven almost more by the book than it is the movie. But it's the end where he's talking to the astronauts mm-hmm. for a couple of reasons. One, I absolutely love his speech from a philosophical standpoint. Like, you know, you can either, you know, I, I'm going to like mangle this quote, but it's like you can either die or you can fix the problem and then fix the next one and then fix the next one. So on a philosophical standpoint, I love that moment those words that quote but the other part I lo- and i love that it's a change from the book that i think actually worked really really well and ended it on a really strong note for mark watney but the other thing i like about it is that it gave like the cathartic release of the whole movie in which like oh he gets saved and we can breathe because now we know he got saved and not only did we get saved right he ended up okay you know he's doing this whole thing yeah. he got he, and i'm really going to count this scene from his epilogue, right, is what I'm referring to. Like when you see the little plant that reminds him of the potato on Mars that he saw, you know, and then doing this little lesson lecture thing. And then that just that epilogue scene for him, that's my best scene for me. I'm not really sure that's technically a scene if that's more of a two scenes because he was outside and he was in the lecture hall. But I'm going to cheat a little bit and say that epilogue scene for him is my favorite. Best scene. All right. I actually, I think I'm going to go with that because um, it's like a good tie bow mm-hmm. on Mark Watney um, and what we went through. And so we, you're right. We spent this whole movie with this guy we were with him the whole time. We saw him start from the beginning until like, yeah, no, never mind. My nomination sucked. <laughs> I like the way you put that. Dang, I hate that I agree with you. Um, I know it's it's always feels weird. <laughs> no, the way that you framed it, I'm you know, like, you really convinced him. He's like, you made him change his mind to agree with you there. You like, know, it was like, wow, you just blew his mind on that. One. No, no he, the way he was saying it was just like, because like he's it's more of an epilogue. It is, and then when you put it like in that frame, I'm just like, 
That Which is. I do think it's the perfect people to talk to about it, though, because those are the future astronauts. And mm-hmm. that seems like a perfect place to put them in. Like, hey, look, I went through all this, guys. You, and you you guys can figure things out. <laughs> all right. Awesome. So our winner is the uh, epilogue at the end for Mark Wadney. Great. So um, there was some, anybody got any quotable? We're not going to pick best line, but anybody got any quotable lines that stood out to them? Uh, okay. okay. Sorry. I, I was just going to say, does he say this in the movie? Or is, does he say, well, fuck, does he say that in this movie? Or is that just in the book? Like after he realized he was alone and they had left. Because in so. my head, I remember that line being said. But I also remember it was my favorite part of the whole book. He does go, fuck you, Mars. But is that the one you're talking or a different part? No, it was like right at the beginning when he realizes he's like, well, fuck. Uh, everyone's gone and I am left here. Because I can't remember if he said that, but... In my head, I feel like he did. Or he said something very similar to it. And I actually liked the delivery that Matt Damon delivered with it. So I liked that line. And then I also liked his speech, as I already said, because the, the philosophy behind it, I actually loved a lot. So those are my two favorite lines. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, so now we're going to move on to the MVP of the movie. Oh, I, I'm not going to get... <laughs> no, no, oh, no, 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 oh, go ahead. Sorry. All right, because I like the classic one for this one. In the face of overwhelming odds, I'm left with one option. I'm going to ha- have to science the shit out of this. <laughs> and I just love that was the attitude towards the movie. And I, I also like one of the reasons why I really enjoyed this movie, because it was like a different way of making like science seem cool and interesting for people that you don't normally see in the movies. Oh, that's an oxy science and cool is an oxymoron. Yes, and I, I feel like it shouldn't be. Yeah. So that's what why are, I like that. What are we doing? All right. No, I'm joking. That was a, that was probably one of my favorite lines of the movie as well. I, yeah. you know, like I said, I there there wasn't one thing that was like really impactful, but there was just a lot of good quotable stuff um, in here, especially with the monologues that he would have when he was talking to the uh, Habcam or the like the GoPro that he set up in the corner when he's like narrating his life. I. You know, of course, that that was super, super fun and interesting. So now we're going to dive into the MVP. Okay, so um, (laughs) so I am now the host. Uh, Ray, you are attending now. I'm going to do something different with the MVP award. MVP non-Matt Damon category. That's easy It's easy to pick Matt Damon because this movie has his face on everything. He's everywhere. He's the driving point of the movie. We are going to pick the MVP that does not include Matt Damon. So, Seth, Seth is already ready. Let's go. This is easy for me because I wasn't going to choose Matt Damon to begin with. So I was already ready. Yeah, I'm good. I'm going to leave again. <laughs> here, you know, I actually have a reason for this, right? I, and I, I will say, I, you know, and Ray, Ray, you missed this part, but I did actually say that he did much better in the role than I thought that he did or would do. And I, because I actually refused to watch this movie until last week because of Matt Damon being cast as Mark Watney, he actually did better than I thought. 
And some I, this is so like I've never like it's fine that you have this opinion. It's just I'm I'm more shocked than anything. I've never heard someone say like I can't stand Matt Damon movies. <laughs> I just have never heard this take before. I can't wait till you uh, listen to this podcast, the part that you missed, uh, only because there is why would you a let him say this love. <laughs> they weren't prepared for what I dropped in on that one. Uh, no one can stop me. But I will say this. My MVP for this movie is actually Ridley Scott for a couple reasons. One, I know it seems kind of like a cheat to use the director, but he took a very popular book. He adapted it to the strengths of his actor and to the strengths of the storytelling and the movie. The changes he made worked really, really well. But he also had a very hard job of and and this and Matt Damon did a good job on this part. So I'm not trying to take away from Matt Damon, but he had a hard job of, hey, there's one guy here and we got to make him interesting and we got to keep him captivating and we can't make his scenes boring. And he did a great job of keeping them interesting, both from the way they were shot to the you know the pacing, the sequential ordering of everything. And so for me, Ridley Scott is the go-to answer for this. Okay. Okay. Uh you want to build off that? that? All right. Okay. Yeah. Let let him go. Or Ray go off that. I want to build oh, off God. that because I like uh I like that thought, and I'm sure you guys. I don't mean I'm sure you guys talked about a bunch of stuff when I was gone. Sorry about that. Um. First thing first, this cast is wild. I don't know why <laughs> these people are in this movie, and I'm just the only reason I can think that they all signed up for it was because they're like, well, I want to be in a Ridley Scott movie, and that's the only reason I could think like why they took these roles where they weren't needed. Like, why is Sebastian Stan in this role? Why is Sean Bean here? Why is... Yeah, I just, I just don't understand why Donald Glover took this role, except for, like, I just want to be in a, in a Ridley Scott movie. Like, they're better than these roles, and they just took them because I think they just want to be in his movie. And I respect that. Um, but to build off what you said about Ridley Scott being the MVP, aside from Matt Damon, I think you're right, because even the bad Ridley Scott movies aren't really his fault. It's the script that lets him down. You know, like Prometheus as a movie that ties into the Alien franchise, I don't like it at all. But if it as its own thing that is not connected, I think it's a really fun, entertaining movie. The problems with that movie are just like them trying to do all this hoopla to connect it to the Alien movies. It's like, this is not working out, y'all. Um, I think that's the same for, for all the movies that don't hit with Ridley Scott, it's it's story issues. It's not his directing. You know, which I guess falls on him. He needs to take more control of the script and not just be at the mercy of the scriptwriter. But um yeah, I, he's my pick too. I'm going with that. Sorry, Jordan, your turn. I think you guys bring up some good points. Uh I was just my thing because if we're going to talk about just the actor route routes, because I'd like to talk about it. Oh, it's good. such a hard toss-up for me between Jeff Daniels and Sean Bean. I enjoyed those two so much in the movie, and I loved the way they worked off of each other and bounced off of each other for it. Uh, just having different points of views and just having a professionalism while doing it. And so, yeah. I, I'm just going to I'm just going to tie them together as the, just what a great casting there between the two of them there. Oh, by the way, Michael Pena. That was the other MCU person we forgot. To, I forgot to mention. We were oh, talking yeah. about MCU characters. Oh, and Kate Mara. 
Just no. We're not going to um, talk about that Fantastic Four movie. Did you just reference Fantastic Four? Yes, no, that movie was fantastic. Fan fantastic. Yeah. Oh, that, that, that movie was great. It was you know un- you know what you, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. You know that movie. Let's not get sidetracked on that movie. That's not I, worth the side. You would want, who would you want Sean Bean to play in the MCU? Ned Stark. Doctor Doom. Ooh. Oh, no. He might be too old for that role, though. He's too old. But, Ooh. like, I would have liked him as Doctor Doom. I would watch it. Yeah. I wouldn't complain if they had him in it as James McAvoy. <laughs> But play him. You want you want him to play James game? McAvoy in MCU? Oh, like you can <laughs> 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 He's already in the MCU. Jared, who's your Uh, pick? So my pick is definitely going to be. uh, I I gotta go, dude. I love Jeff Daniels. He was so good. We, you missed that. We we did have a pretty good discussion on uh, Jeff Daniels. So uh, not to rehash it, you can go back and listen to it. Uh, I'll pick him as my MVP. Cool. It's your podcast now, man. Oh yeah, it is. Oh, uh, six man. So I know we sort of like dipped over to the six man for MVP, but what do we got for our six man award? Ray, start us off. Oh man, um, Sean Bean. I just like Sean Bean. I don't know. You could pick anyone. I mean, it's going to be Jeff Daniels. Let's be real, but I don't know. Mars. I mean, that that is exactly. Again, we talked about like how. The supporting cast of this movie felt like an ensemble cast. Um, so, you, again, you can go back and listen to that as well. Seth, yes. So, if we're taking Jeff Daniels off the table since he was in the MVP conversation, if we're taking him off the table, yeah, meaning that if we're not, that's my vote. But if we're taking him off the table, Take him off I'm going to go. Yeah, I'm going to go with Mordo, and I'm going to say Mordo because. A, I can't remember his character name in this movie, and B, as much as I love the man, because seriously, the dude can act, I do not want to try to pronounce his name right now, because I've never actually heard it said out loud. G. Lucille, yep. Edge Geo 4? I don't want it on record that I butchered his name. Yeah. <laughs> Stop, Edgio that's the guy 4? I'm going for. I, yeah, I know him yeah. as the villain in Serenity. So. Yes, that's how I was introduced to him as well, I, and I love him in that role, and I mean, he was the only part of the Mark Wahlberg movie, Infinity, that was an awful movie, by the way. The One of the top three worst movies I've ever watched. And he was the only part that was actually respectable a part of it. I love that guy, but he's my vote for MVP if we're taking Jeff Daniels off the table. All right. Six, six man. Six man. All right, not MVP. For six man, I was debating between Wong and Michael Pena. And I am going to go with Michael Pena with this one. Oh, just, <laughs> that groan on it. Oh, if because no, I, I mean, you made my what? decision for me. Oh, okay. I, I enjoyed his little bit of like comic relief that he would have to like cheer up the crew and everything. I liked him being clever with uh, in the when when they were trying to take off from Mars and using the RCS thrusters to buy his crew a little bit of time. 
And, you know, it's Michael Pena. He's got some great charisma. And, yeah, that's who I'm going to put as my sixth man. And All you right. know what? On that note, by the way, I'm sorry, Jared. I think that's a good pick. And I would actually like to change my pick to that because I feel like he played actually one of the most integral roles in the movie because without his chemistry with Matt Damon's character, I don't think anyone's going to buy that the crew is willing to risk their life to go back for him, you know, without <laughs> just going on the idea of the cause. But, like, it made it by that they actually really did care. And also they had great moments and funny. And so, I mean, I would like to change my vote for that. Seth, continuing his just smear campaign of Matt Damon. We got to end this episode quick before I don't mean, something. Okay, I didn't mean it like that. I did not mean it like how no one's going to care about Matt Damon. I didn't mean it like that. I meant more like it just made it believable that the crew would be more willing to risk their life for the character of Mark Watney. That was actually not a, a, an attempt to go after Matt Damon. And I really, you are, I really wanted to take... Oh, go ahead, Ray. Sorry. I would say he's... I don't know if you read my comment on air, but he's definitely the Skip Bayless to Matt Damon's LeBron James. <laughs> yes, he and is. the only time Matt Damon has ever been compared to the second greatest of any sport ever. Right. He should be the um, greatest. All right. So uh, we're going to go with Michael Pena. That's going to be my pick. I wanted to pick Benedict Wong. But then when Jordan said Michael Pena, I was like, I got to. He just, he is, he is him, as people are saying. He is him. Um, so uh, in case you don't know what that means, just watch Lamar Jackson from this past weekend and Tua Tagovailoa. They are both him. Just read their stats from this past weekend. Um, so there's a man. reason why I wanted him as the narrator of that Michael, uh, <laughs> that Jose Canseco movie I came up with the uh, <laughs> last time we all talked. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Anyways. all right. So, uh, we're not gonna do Russell Westbrook Award because I do not want <laughs> no, we don't not have to talk. We could just <laughs> not without, without him. <laughs> no, we'll move on. This movie's perfect. I wouldn't take anything out of this movie. Um, so we're gonna jump straight into Road Trip. Um, before we go into our voting, uh, so road trip, who are we taking? Uh, Jordan, who do we got? You know what? I'm going to take Michael Pena. <laughs> I felt I like he was the best pick. one. If I'm going to be stuck going to Mars, I'm going to have it be Michael Pena. <laughs> we go to Mars on the road trip? I, I'm just saying because you, you spend a long time together. And I'm like, who would be the most likely person I'd get along with and feel like I would have a good time with? That's... Uh, We'd be the Martinez bros, basically, there. <laughs> Since he is a Martinez there. Anyways. Okay. Who would you not want to go with? Not going with? Who would I not want to go with? You know what? Donald Glover's character. I felt like he'd get it on my nerves real quick. Jeez. Too, yeah. That, that, is, that is correct. Uh, <laughs> Seth, what about you? So, like... Not for the reasons you think, but I think Jessica Chastain's character, Commander Lewis, because she was a likable person, and she you I actually like I like the music that she. Chose. I was about to say you enjoyed I'm that music selection there. I did. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. And I want to be honest with you, she's responsible, but you know she seems like she cares about her crew, so it feels like I'm not. I know a lot of y'all's whole like you know definition is. 
who's going to most likely bring me to the brink of death if not die? <laughs> and mine's like, who am I going to have a good time with, but I'm not going to risk my life because I don't want to risk my life like that. So Lewis is the answer for me for that. And the person that I would not want to go with, I mean, like, if we don't want to say the same answer, it's don't definitely do. Donald Glover. But okay. I feel like, yeah, no, it's definitely that. But if we don't want to choose him, I mean, it has to be Mark Watney because, I mean, the dude got left on Mars. I don't want to get left behind. <laughs> okay. Okay. The way you presented it was better. Uh, Ray, who do we got for our road trip? Did y'all talk about the amount of money the American government has spent rescuing Matt Damon? Yes, we actually yes, did. We for this that, movie. Uh, okay. Yeah, for this movie. Yeah, for this yeah. movie, not other movies. Oh. Because there's some other movies, it's a lot. Saving Private Ryan. We're talking Interstellar. We're talking this movie. Like, there's a lot, a lot of money spent saving... U.S. government has rescued Matt Damon several times in yeah. different situations. Um, I'm gonna pick if I'm single, Kate Mara. If I'm not single, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick. Um, <laughs> Seth just hung his head. Uh, I'm picking Michael Pena, and I don't want to go with Donald Glover for the same reasons. So, the, no, so Donald Glover's character. I love the guy. Yeah, no, we yeah we talked about that. I was so awkward. Um, so I, it has to be Michael Pena. Michael Pena is the guy who I'm going with. What a great time! I mean, I'm not gonna die. I'm not gonna be pushed to the brink of death like I would like. But if you have a bad time with Michael Pena, you're probably just a bad person. <laughs> Clip that, Ray. Clip that. If you don't have a good time with Michael Pena, you're a bad person. Picking him, and the again, I'm not gonna go Donald Glover because it's low hanging fruit. I am gonna go with Jessica Chastain. Unfortunately, even though respectfully, is my number one celebrity crush. I, she, I'm on a road trip. She's like, Mom, on the road trip. No, I'm trying to have fun. I feel like she's too like judicious, and I'm just like, kinda don't want to be boss around on a road trip. I already don't like sitting in cars for that long. So, yeah. No, Jessica Chastain. Although she oh. was the one that came up with the crazy idea of like, let's blow up the front end of the of our spaceship to rescue Mark. <laughs> hey, let's blow that our is, up. That is true. So now it is time for the Rotten Tomatoes game. Thankfully, I did not look up the score. Yeah, so I tried Ray, so hard not to see over. it. All right. So you guys ready? Three, two, one. Rotten Tomatoes, Rotten Tomatoes, it's the Rotten Tomatoes game. All right, Rotten Tomatoes game, y'all. So um, let me pull up the scores real quick. Um, As he says, I'm like, hey, it's got the score. (laughs) No, Jordan has 17, Jared has 10, Seth has 6, and I'm on the board with 1. I'm closer to Oh, yeah, you do have 1. So... Uh, I don't know with the order last week, but we'll just start with Seth since he's lowest. <laughs> Seth, what did this movie get? As much as it pains me to say this, I'm gonna say because people for some reason seem to like him, uh, that this movie is a 92 because <laughs> it was a very popular movie. Uh, it's Ridley Scott, it was well made. Uh, and this is one of those few times where I actually hope I'm right because I feel like it's actually a fair number for the movie. So this is one of those times if I actually win, I'm going to feel like, okay, this was a solid victory because they got it right. I feel like this is a 92 movie. 
Jared, you know what you need to do now is take 88 so York doesn't know what to pick. No, I know exactly, exactly what, what I'm going to pick. To do. <laughs> there you you're, go. You're laughing, no. When Sam said 92, I was like, I'm going 88. I don't even care if it's right or wrong. I'm just going to pick it. This is Spike Jordan. 88. His reasoning. Despite. Don't hell, Jordan. That's it. Jordan. Jordan's like 50 now. I don't know where to go. I'm going to go 94 with this movie. 94. I am going to be that brave and go that high with this movie. I am trusting the, all the reviewers. There, well, I said it. You went the wrong direction. The movie's actually 91. <laughs> I hate you guys. Wait, wait. This like, is the I first noticed. time I won and feel good about it. Like, <laughs> and it's a Matt Damon movie. What is wrong with this world? Uh, so the audience also gave it a 91. So that's pretty cool. Everyone, Everyone's in agreement. This is an A-plus movie, so... Um, look, Jerry, do you care if we just run down everything real quick? Oh, yeah, let's go. And wrap it up. Uh, the bu- movie had a budget of 108, $108 million. It made a box office of three, $630 million. So, that's crazy. $630 million for The Martian? That's not a Marvel movie. There's no superheroes. It's not Harry Potter. That's crazy. Um, in today's I era. will say $108 million, that is actually pretty good for... I feel yeah. like a heavy special effects movie. I think Ridley Scott's name added $50 million to the budget. Just like, hey, it's Ridley Scott. Let's give him what he wants. Um, y'all recommending this movie? Hell yeah. Yes, okay. I will recommend it. Are y'all putting yeah. it in the Hall of Fame? Yeah. I am. I am not. Okay. Ooh. I feel like I it, have to. I'm, I'm putting <laughs> it in the Hall of Very Good. Again, when Seth mentioned it earlier, I didn't want to like step on it. I wanted to save it. There's nothing objectively bad about this movie. There's just something missing from putting it over the top for me. And it's made me want to watch it all the time. I recommend it because I think everybody should watch it once. It made you feel too happy. That's why. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Probably. Was like, a feel-good ending how dare, how dare. All these emotions, and they ended me up with a happy ending? Nope, nope, nope. Not going to my Hall of Fame. I don't want to rewatch. <laughs> All right. Uh, Seth? I, uh, I honestly, I'm a little stuck on this movie because I recommend it. And as even though I refuse to watch it for all these years, uh, I do recommend it. I think it, like I said, it nailed everything it was trying to do. I don't think there's any really anything necessarily wrong with the movie but like if i'm like am i going to stop and watch it when i'm flipping through the channels or am i going to want to re-watch this movie on a somewhat repeated level yeah i'm going to say yes because i think i'd watch it ever I, I could watch it once a year i could i could do that i think i could do that there's enough here for that i know ridley scott's a really good director what can i i'm saying say? yes as well watchable for me I yeah i'm gonna say yes already you already wrote it off, huh? <laughs> I had already texted Phil for the tiebreaker. Yeah, I want to go. Yes, I, had I, I texted yeah, Phil yeah. for the tiebreaker because I was for yeah. sure. Because when Ray stepped away, Ray sent us his answer, and so I yeah. knew Jordan was going to say yes. I, Ray said yes. I knew I was going to say no, and I knew Seth was going to say no. So I went ahead and texted Phil to give us the tiebreaker. I, I want you I'm to know I'm done. 
<laughs> I made this. I made my decision as I was talking, which is why I spent so long talking because I really didn't know. I've been thinking on this for a week, going back and forth. But ultimately, I do feel like I could watch this movie once a year, and I feel like that's about how much I would rewatch a movie. And so I feel like it's fair. I think it's a fair right. vote for yes. Uh, for the record, Phil right, said absolutely not. So this movie would not have made it, and but Seth's last minute. Thank you, Seth. I appreciate your vote. You know, I feel really dirty right now because <laughs> I just put a Matt Damon movie into the Hall of Fame, and I feel You're very ridiculous. Bad. I feel, like, I feel bro, bad. We get it. You hate Matt Damon. <laughs> it was, I can't believe I this. I don't know. This is like. I just, I'm still blown away by this take of yours. It's, it's all right though. It's all right. Well, we there's some calls. interesting takes that you'll when you listen back. <laughs> so is it? Is it? Yeah. <laughs> we got to move on. Is it my turn to pick a movie? Yes. Okay, we're doing favorite directors, and last time I did Danny Boyle, and I picked Sunshine, and I'm gonna stick with Danny Boyle. And I was gonna pick this movie called called Trance that I know you guys haven't seen, but it has um, James McAvoy in it. And Rosario Dawson, and it's a wild, crazy movie. It's really bizarre. It's definitely him stepping out and doing some weird stuff. But I wanted to pick something that I think I I think we're all going to enjoy, and not I don't know. We're going to pick. I'm picking Yesterday. The movie's called Yesterday. It's about what if overnight the entire world forgot the Beatles existed. Oh, um, okay. You've talked about day. this one a couple Buddy, of times. That's, yeah. That that's my dream. Oh, no. uh, fuck the Beatles. The takes have started. Literally. Ah. Fuck the Beatles. They don't they have zero bops. Zero bops. They no good music. Beatles fucking suck. I cannot believe everybody's like, oh, I'm gonna hold your hand. No, bro. No. Fuck the Beatles. I would have picked Slumdog Millionaire because I'd like to see that movie again. Oh, that's such I, I, the thing is, I see it like once every other year because I show my class during finals or something, and they've never heard of it, and they're all blown away. It's it's such a good movie, but I think Yesterday needs more light. It needs to be seen, so we're gonna we're gonna watch Yesterday. Um, right. And you guys haven't seen it, so perfect. Cool. Until next time, thank you guys so much for Jared. Thank you so much for taking over. I had a crisis oh, here at home. Um, I can't wait to hear. Is there a way like to mute individual people? <laughs> I mean, they're all under different tracks, so you could. I could. What if, like, yeah, I save it as a like we have four tracks here, and just I muted Seth the entire time. <laughs> We're reacting to just silence. Just that'd be hilarious. You know what? It actually would. We're gonna do. We're gonna release it. And then we're gonna release the Ray cut, and it's gonna be next week. <laughs> And it's gonna be Seth muted the whole time. That's gonna be on our Patreon. We're gonna start a Patreon. It's gonna be a Seth left Patreon. <laughs> no, I'm so pissed. I gotta watch this fucking Beatles movie. Great, you're gonna love it. It's a great, it's a great time. I'm All glad right, someone always has some hot takes coming up. <laughs> Seth will go from my best friend to my worst enemy real quick. Um, <laughs> <laughs> y'all thank you so much and we will see you guys later y'all take care all right see ya all right guys i can smell myself so i gotta go shower <laughs> <laughs>